rich niggas, black bar mitzvahs, Mozart is a celebration, bitches. Naheim, I wish for you 100 years of success, but it's my time. Cheers, toast the crime. Number one, D-boy, shame you can rhyme. The rock boys in the building tonight. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling like. You don't even gotta bring your paper out. We the dope boys of the year. Drinks is on the house. The rock boys in the building tonight. Killing, I'm killing this ice. You don't even gotta bring your purses out. We the dope boys of the year. Tricks is on the house. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we just go. So we talk about 90 accounts. It's like business and family is hard to put together. Like business and friendship. Just like we were just talking about business and friendship is really tough to put together. But 90 accounts to do Andre. He's just going about it the completely wrong way. And it seems like he's oblivious to how fucking abrasive he's coming off. First of all, finesse is an art. You got you to gotta massage everybody, especially when you're in a new person in this situation or you're an outsider trying to get in on something. You have to tread lightly. This motherfucker, Andre, want to come and tell me, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the listing for this house. My nigga, you, you beef with the brother y'all kind of made up. Then the dad is being welcoming, like, yo, you're my, you're my daughter's, you're my daughter's husband. So I want to make sure you set up because you got kids. You know what I'm saying? You got a kid. I want to make sure my daughter good. So I ain't got to fucking be taking care of her ass. But this nigga want to come in and, and he's mad entitled, asking for a loan off the break. When you really need to come in mad humble, because he's gonna give it to you. You can see that the dad is mad willing. Like he even said in the new episode, I'm gonna give you the loan, but you gotta prove to me that you can work with everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that means the nigga you don't like, that means all the sisters, it's a family business. You got to work with these people. But you're trying to come in and, and, and solidify a spot when nigga, you ain't even been there long enough. You know what I'm saying? We talking wild crazy. I like, well, it, I think it's that middle, that Eastern European type of, you know, providers like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to work with Charlie, no one else, and I'm going to make money and I'm going to take care of my family. No, I don't want to fuck, fuck Charlie, fuck Chuck or whatever. I'm not doing no handyman shit. Okay, nigga, shut up and learn, bro. You put your, he's literally in the perfect position, right? right. You're, that's you got literally why people keep winning. My nigga, you think about this. How many times have you worked for a company but that you were related to the CEO? Never, Zero. Zero. never. You were already in, you, you, you sleep with the CEO daughter, my nigga. All you got to do is learn. He's like, I got my, I got my license. So me and you are the same. No, you're not the same. You're not, you're not a family member. You're an in-law, my nigga. You got to know your place. Mm-hmm. Shit, wow, man. This is the one, like, in the original beef, I'm on Andre, Andre's side, right? Yes. But here I'm like, even myself, I'm like, oh boy, you got to, we moving real, we moving real nasty. But you know, it's fun, even funnier, right? What did Charlie say at the wedding that was rude? He said, nigga, don't come to America and think you're going to live off my father and da 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 and what the fuck is he doing now? He came into America out here with mad entitlement talking about, I'm going to work with him and I'm going to list this house when you've never flipped a property in your life. Don't even know how to, don't even know A, a to B. This is, first off, he didn't even ask to flip property. That They have to convince him to work with the, that dad. He asked for a hundred racks off bucks. He said, I want a hundred thousand dollars so I can flip houses. My nigga, you never flipped the house. Bro, you never even like rehab the house you know what i'm saying or even like did a walkthrough you just read a book got a license and think that's you know 
that's what it is. And I'm like, even I know that I'm not in real estate. Bro, I it was shocked so... when he asked for a hundred thousand. Exactly. Nigga, if I get a hundred thousand dollar loan, nigga, I'm for sure flipping that. But this is what I'm trying to say though. That's when I always go back to like, oh shit, this is television. How much of this is set up? Cause I'm like, yo, this don't even make no sense that he's moving like this. He went with the father on a walkthrough. Nigga didn't even make it through the walkthrough. Listen to him how he when he did. You you starting at the inception of the whole process. They bought a they brought a property. They go to the property. They see what needs to be fixed. Watch how he takes notes. Watch what he see. Watch what needs to be done. And boom, 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 boom. This nigga didn't even make it through. They didn't even make it through the house. Well, that's when Shorty, when the, the, the daughter walked through. But see, that's the setup. Why the daughter magically yeah. walked well, in? Well, that's why I think Chuck, Chuck didn't know anything was going on, bro. Chuck Chuck literally was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't even yeah. think he knew. Well, he, he knew his son was going to be there. But, yeah, Andre moving nasty, bro. Moving nasty. Well, yeah, man. We, we yeah, he, needs, we he, needs, he needs somebody from that his like his side of town, his people. Yeah, he's fucking. You're moving nasty. It's like I'm not fucking. And bro, he's saying wild shit to the father. I'm like, yo, first of all, it ain't nobody talk like, bro. I'm the boss. I'm gonna put my foot down and I'm gonna tell who's who's who's. Like, okay, you're 50 50. My me and my son 50 50 partners. That's them. My daughter's gonna list the house. You're gonna shut up and listen to me and watch what everybody else do. Okay. Now, if you if that motherfucker Andre want to draw his line and sound like, all right, I'm not gonna be moving garbage and 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 uh constructing and helping as a handyman. Fine. But nigga, this my business. This you, I'm taking you under my wing, nigga. Be under under the wing, man. You under the wing, nigga. You don't got no say, nigga. You being took care of. What the fuck? Well, welcome to another episode of Mother Talks, baby. The safe place for keeping it player where we keep it kosher all the time, every time. Uh, we just jumped you right in because we were getting hot about 90 Day Fiance. We told you we tapping back in. And you know we we we're gonna have our reaction videos to the episodes just like how they have the you know the uh, was the pillow talking show. It's gonna yeah. be the awesome version where we just you know recap you know the fuck shit you know what I'm saying I want to show give blessings and love to uh, my homegirl Angela. You know she's a hoop. You know she getting a bad bitch bad bitch body. You know for her husband. That's the white the white woman. Oh the oh area. the big white girl. Yeah. yeah. She from got Michael. That, yeah you know she get she getting her bad bitch body. You know, bro, she's 50. Michael's 30, 31. Yeah. And she <laughs> shout out to her. I hope she recovers well. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was always funny to me. Like she was entertaining the idea of having a baby. I'm like, you 50. Nah, yes. So she I think she's trying to like, okay, I can't give him a baby, but I can give him a new body. She getting weight loss surgery, she getting a breast augmentation. For Michael, shout, hey, damn, damn. Have you? Uh, what do you think about the uh, couple from Dinwiddie? You haven't seen him. You haven't. You haven't seen him in the Richmond streets, have you? Oh, but I did see. Can you hear me? Yeah, I did see. Yo, because on a new episode, Shawty was going to look for wedding jobs in Richmond. I was trying to yeah. spot. Like I was like, oh shit, they look like they it was, it looked like Main Street in the fan. Like it was in a fan yeah. area or somewhere like, it was definitely, it wasn't on the outskirts. It was close to the city, for sure. Yeah. I looked at the person. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping my eye open, yo. If I see them out, son, I'm buying them both a drink. But like, yo, what you drinking? Well, that's the problem, bro. With 
I don't know if he's not making enough money. Like he clearly knows this. I feel, I feel for her. Clearly knows this shorty is a city girl. She don't want to be fucking taking care mm-hmm. of all farm animals. Bro, I can't even move. <laughs> I know you want to stay close to family. You know how about the farm or whatever. You can move. You can move to Petersburg. Bro, bro. I just recently started to, you know, understand the logistics like of things outside of Richmond. So I'm like, okay, I know Petersburg. Okay, now I know Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie probably Dinwiddie's right outside of Petersburg. Petersburg, 20 minutes from Richmond. You can move to Hopewell. You can move like you can get her closer to it just to feel like and you know what I'm saying. And like I said, he definitely he's probably. He lives with his parents. He's saving money. He probably likes, he's like, yo, I don't pay rent here. I can stack my bread. You know, I think that's a smart thing to do. But now you got a wife and now she got to say so and she got a voice and she yeah. is not fucking with that animal shit, man. She ain't never been fucking with it. Nah, bro. You saw like the last episode. She was drinking her fu- drinking her coffee, trying to live her life. Mom's come say, you ready? You about to feed the horses, the chickens, the cows. The dogs, and she was like, bro, I just, literally, she was like, bro, I just woke up five minutes ago. I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel for her, you know? She don't speak the, she don't got no friends, no family. She's doing yard work, and she don't want to do that. I feel that, you know, move her to, move her to Petersburg, man. But this is what I'm saying, though. You get a, you get a male order bride. Listen, I'm not going to be disrespectful. You get a foreign wife. You bring her over to the States. That's been my biggest thing about all these 90 fiance niggas for the most part. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. You need a certain amount of bread to massage and ease the situation to be comfortable. Yeah. A lot of these people doing this shit don't got no real bread. That's why I think they're probably on the show because they're like, okay, we need some type of help facilitating yeah. a lot of this stuff, right? The one, this was a couple seasons ago. It was a one white dude who lived in Connecticut. The name was Michael. He had an ex-wife. He had two kids. And this motherfucker, I, I was peeping his watch game. He had an Audemars. He had a fucking Richard Milley. And I'm like, oh. And he guess what? He had a 20-year-old Brazilian wife. He was 20 her. years older than him. I remember her, yeah. You feel me? And guess what? That shit went smooth. That's besides, besides the regular family beefs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But these regular people, like, I'm like, my nigga, you live with your parents and you're getting a wife from Russia? It's the same it, thing with uh, <coughs> people, the Samoan couple. You know what I'm saying? Bro, living with they, living with their parents, and you know, I, I I understand it. I understand it, bro. You know, this but see, nice. you don't get married. Well, see, and this is the, when you're an immigrant. I guess you know, like their their families are kind of that's that's their family structure. You know what I'm saying? The aunts, the uncles, everybody would live together, stack their money, boom, 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 boom. But if you're already an American. And then you get a foreigner. It just, it just, it's just weird to me that that's how you would choose to bring someone to this country when you're an exterminator and you gotta live on your mom and dad farm. Cause love is love, brother. Love is love. Love is love. You know, Man, look, listen. That that love shit. They they be they be jocking love a lot on this damn show. I'll be like, listen, brother. Love is love. You don't know when you're gonna find the one. And what if the one is on a, you on an international trip and she's Russian? You will do whatever you can to find out like your queen. Get your queen. I mean, obviously, listen, listen. Anything can be overcome. I, be, I do believe that you know the obstacles are meant to be overcome. But my nigga, your shorty, your shorty comes to America and she hates her life. How good your marriage gonna be? It's gonna be tough. I mean, happy wife. Brandon, Brandon, and then Brandon. 
Shit. And my and uh the other Michael, Michael and um Natalie, they ain't gonna make it. Nah, nah, they're done. They're they done. ain't gonna make it. Another another Russian. These white dudes love to get these Russian women, man. <laughs> they love these Ukrainian Russian women. She's actually a very attractive Russian woman. So on Natalie? Yeah. With the nose? The one with the blue eyes, with the tall white boy. The tall man. The blonde, oh, you like you attracted to her? I think she's cute. She's a cute white woman. She's she's better than the other ones. I think she's uh, better than the dude with the dude in New Orleans. Jovi. Yeah, Jovi and Yara. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, listen. Um, if you if we're gonna be hundred percent, you know, they white women, you know, we yeah. ain't we ain't really putting them on a pedestal. Yeah. <laughs> but um Natalie, Natalie got Natalie has good assets up top. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um and uh, <laughs> I have an audience, you know, I'm trying to yeah. make sure my words are good. Nah, but uh, but uh, but I think Yara's Yara probably is the best all complete package package to me. The joint they got to do from your Jovi. Yara mm-hmm. is probably the best put together. Now Yara seems to be high maintenance, she she definitely got a mouth on her. But when you think about it, all of these Russian Ukrainian women be be yapping. Yep. All of them. Natalie, Yara. What's the other one living there with you? What's her name? I don't know, man. I can't remember her name. I, I can't remember now. I call Dinwiddie. Like all the all, all, you know, all places it takes somewhere. You take them to Dinwiddie. See, she almost lost her. <laughs> she almost lost her mind when she went to Vegas. She was like, I ain't leaving. See, he should have took her to Vegas. He should have took her to like Atlantic City or something smaller. But see, you think about it. Obviously, she's Russian. She's seen movies. Vegas is a staple in America. So yeah, it's a must see, must go. It's must see. So you take her to Vegas, she's like, oh shit, this is the life I want. Poolside, nightclub, casino, money, cars. My nigga, you take her to Dinwiddie after that. I was like, nigga, you was like, you fucking her head up. You show her Vegas. The two things she's seen in America. Vegas and Dinwiddie and Washington, D.C. That's it. Yep. At least take her to Richmond, man. You know what I'm saying? Richmond's a really great medium. Like, if you, if she yeah. Be, you know, see the size, get some drinks, party. You know what I'm saying? What I always say about Richmond is it's a small city, but you can find whatever you're looking for. Yeah. It's you a look great for art. You look for music. You, look, you can find it. Now, it may not be every night of the week. But you could find it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. The great start of city, man. Well, <laughs> that's our daily, uh, that's our weekly 90 Day Fiance recap. Um, we'll be back next week with more, you know, the season's starting to heat up. You yes, know? sir. I love I love the mess. Well, I'll get into that later. But um, welcome to another episode, you know, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Uh Let's get right into the shits like we haven't already, man. Terry, you got something to keep funky with this week, or you know, you want me to go? Yeah, I'm gonna start off with Jeff Bezos has slaves. The workers, I'm not gonna say all the Amazon employees are slaves, but I'm not gonna say that they're not slaves. (laughs) I ordered Amazon Prime, right? You can order some shit, regular Amazon, right? That shit get there four, five days, two, three, four, five days, right? Mm-hmm. You order some Amazon Prime, that shit is there six hours later. Yeah. That shit is there before you be like, oh shit, that shit came. And I'm saying this because Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, makes the fastest money in the world. He's paying these people peanuts, right? 
that money is literally negligible to him. That shit is like nothing. The amount that he pays these drivers, these factory, these factory workers, these what not factory and warehouse workers, they're making what? They're making fifteen dollars an hour or whatever. But my nigga's making billions a minute. Yeah. And and every time I get an Amazon package that's Prime, I'm like, nigga, how did this shit get here so fast? When if I would have just ordered it regular, it was gonna take so long. He has slaves. He has minions. Jeff Bezos is a plantation owner. He's a modern day slave master. Not mad that take. Um, you saw it during the like really during the pandemic. Them niggas, them Amazon drivers are working every day, like go never stop. Like just looking outside the window, bro. They was going. You see them. Back to back, boom, 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 boom. That's what I'm, I was saying that too. You see way more Amazon drivers. They, they eclipse FedEx, UPS, DHL. I'm like, is he just giving keys and vans out to anybody? <laughs> He's like, here's a van, here's a van. Oh, shit. Oop. <laughs> We're going through over it over there. there. Here's a van, here's a van. <laughs> I knocked my beer over. That's the second. I'm feeling mad clumsy today. But um, I'm just trying to say, They've eclipsed, they've eclipsed uh, UPS, they've eclipsed um, FedEx, and he's giving out vans like hotcakes, and he's fucking, he got slaves. He got slaves. Paid slaves. I agree with that. You know, um, I don't, don't, you know, he don't even make money off the actual Amazon sales, right? What does he make money off? Amazon makes money off their, their cloud services. Like oh, their, like the storage stuff, like the internet, you know, like uh, servers and shit. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever you ask for, you don't think ever, whenever you ask for like a refund or something, they just give you the money back and tell you. Oh, they, they, never, they ain't put up a fight one second. They was like, oh, all right. <laughs> we'll give you your $40 back. That's nothing, right? Yes. I'm like, they got whatever, like they start off, you know, actually doing books and stuff, but it's always... This is a business case for people that are listening. Your favorite companies aren't making money on what you think you buy every day. Because mm. the profit, profit of margin is so slim, you're not making any money. You're actually losing money when you're that big of a company. Don't don't they call it with a loss leader? Yeah. So that's like that's that's what they're most known for, but it's really what they're they lose money on it. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, man. Same but well, he's, he's losing money, but he got slaves working a goddamn plantation. Shout yeah. out to everybody that work at Amazon. I um, y'all the real frontline workers, man. Y'all are the real frontline workers. See, I never stopped. Never, yeah, I stop. never stopped. I never, I never. Yeah, I've only lost one package through Amazon. And you live like in an apartment complex, so it's always shaky. You know what I'm saying? You gotta make. Oh sure yeah, you- that's how they. That's how they got me. Somebody just snatched the shit from the uh, lobby. God bless you. God bless them, man. You know, so so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it funky this week, man. I just want to have a real conversation, you know, with you and you know, with the audience. And I just wanna, I just wanna tell you, you know, I think I'm starting to believe 2021. The good black man, we are the real prize. And I and I'm not gonna, you know, say I'm not, you know, discrediting our, our, our my our, my queens out here. But let me let me let me wrap to you. Let me wrap to you. Spit it. Find a a good black man. He's attractive. 
He's, you know, he takes care of himself. He has a good job. You know, he has a car, he has a crib. He, uh, he takes care of you, he provides for you. He doesn't cheat, he doesn't beat you, he doesn't lie, you know, well, he might lie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might, you know, he has friends, he's not overbearing. Just everything that you think that you see off the internet about what, what you know, what niggas are and what, what uh, you know, black men are, you know, we're trash and whatnot. And there's not, a, it, deservingly, there are a lot of trash men out there, all right? Deservingly, you know what I'm saying? But then you, when you think about it, how many times you see, when you see a black man or with a black family go viral, it's, 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 it makes your timeline, you know, makes you smile. And I'm starting to think because there's so many of us, so uh, not so many of us, right? There are a lot more women out here in the world as well. And, you know, women are kind of, kind of built to, you know, do what they have to do on the, uh, you know, on the wifely side and the motherly side. When you have a black man that does everything he's supposed to do, that's that's, a, that's the one percent. Mm. And I'm starting to think we are the real prize. So you know, I'm starting to think these quote unquote high value men or you know King Kong consciousness niggas, the brothers who take care of yourself, you take care of your family, your friends, you're a commitment. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you're making money, you're navigating the white man's world, and, you, and, you, and you, you're uplifting the black the black family. Mm. It's the real prize. I just want I just want people to realize. That. I think I think as men we need to hear it because that's mm-hmm. one that we need to uplift each other. You're a prize, Terry. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> you you. <laughs> I'm following you. Okay. You're using the vernacular like the when I first heard like oh I'm the prize like that's that's specifically been used to talk about women. Yes. Like cis. Remember, you're the prize. You know what I'm saying? I've seen this quoted a lot because I guess I've never been a woman, but I guess sometimes women forget their worth. You know? Sure. We, we Listen, and that's very true, but we forget it more often. We forgot. Mm. And I didn't even say anything sexual. I didn't even say <laughs> you, didn't say, you said King Kong consciousness, but you didn't talk about the cock. The cock. You didn't talk about like sexual prowess or like putting it down, you know. That's like that's just you know eating pussy good. I ain't say nothing about that, right? You ain't say nothing about that. And I hit on a good point. It was usually uh, for women saying to uplift each other, remember that they're the prize. But we the men, and you know I'm a manimus, a manimus. You know what I'm saying? We we don't hear that often, you know, especially within you know each other or social media. We're often slandered every day. Black men are trash, black men are needy, you know what I'm saying? We, we just wake up today and black men did, did something that just uh, fucked up the whole sex. Of course, we're gonna get into it later. You know, there's a black man out here fucking it up for the whole, you know, for the, the black male sex right now, but whatever. Um, that's why I said there's so lit, little of us that's actually doing it out here, uplifting black men. That I want you to know that you're a prize. I want black men that listen to the listening to us at their prize we are the real prize you know who, who okay so what I, I, I agree with you but i have a question sure. do you think the black man is more of a prize than the woman you said the real prize like the real prize now you're the black man you describe you're talking about self-sufficient take care of himself don't abuse a woman treat you good uh has his own is elevating in life handsome you know what i'm saying like all of those things right that is rare. That is that is rare. 
You know what I'm saying? Especially the mentality, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the black, a lot of black males have a fucked up, not a lot. I feel like some black males have a fucked up mentality. And then also the system has targeted and fucked up the community, especially the black males so much by imprisonment, you know what I'm saying? Drug laws, everything. It's been a lot of targeted attacks against black men. So for if you find a black man that has overcome all of that, you know what I'm saying, or been through all of that, and still like come out a good person, a good man, a good father, a good brother, sister, brother, a yeah, son. You talking that talk, brother? You know what I'm saying? Show like, and and I can speak to, and I'm gonna say what you said, like on on, on some real shit. Like I was talking about, like where like I didn't feel like I was a good dude, or like I was worthy. You know what I'm saying? Or like I didn't feel like a prop. And shout out to my man Doc. He like really said some words. He was like, "My nigga, like no, like nigga, you you're a good dude. Like you you're you're a, you're a man of value. Maybe not the Kevin Samuels high value nigga, but like yeah. on on some real shit. Like somebody like it took Doc to say to me like one time we riding riding around drinking and hanging out, and he was like, "Nah, nigga, like you like you a good dude." So I don't think that is sad enough, you know. So. For you to for you to take this time and really lay out your your, your feelings about it, like that's that's a fact because it's only going up. You feel me? Like it's, it's, it's ain't no going backwards. You know what I'm saying? Any stumble that we that we do as black men right now, I'm just you know what I'm saying. Me and you, any stumble that we we have in the future, like it's only going to be that. It's going to be a stumble. We might drop down to our knee, brush the dirt off our leg, stand back up. And keep going. It's not like we're gonna stay down and, and quit elevating. So yeah. I ain't got no problem with that shit. Especially, you know, just speaking, speaking that shit to existence for sure, nigga. Like I, I can't wait to see how how great I am in the future or how much more yeah. I improve. You know what I'm saying? And just, right before we started recording, I was watching Young Dolph and uh Key Glock. It was some little video about uh some jeweler. They was in there picking up their jewelry or some shit. Yeah. Icebox, yeah, yeah, but it was before, like early in the video. Uh, Dolph was saying he was like, "Man, just because you don't got this shit this year, don't mean a need you ain't gonna have that shit next year." Yeah, and you know, I guess you know they they end up bitch dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars on jewelry, icing out his friends, his girls. Like you saw him buying shit for other people, but like he just said, I was like, you know what? That's right, because some shit shit that I didn't have last year, I got that shit this year. Yeah, and shit that I don't got now. I'm going to have that shit next year. And that just speaks to the greatness that's in black men and then myself and then you. And niggas, niggas really like, right, niggas lose sight. The niggas, we, we, we the prize. We, we a prize. I'm saying we're the real prize. I'm going to keep it on it. I'm, you know I'm not, I'm not ready to just, I feel like you, you inviting, I'm not inviting <laughs> no, no controversy. I feel like you inviting a little smoke. I'm, I don't want no Damn. smoke. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't want, I don't not not I don't want no smoke with women because I don't want smoke with women. I would just like that. Well, you know what? I do want smoke with women, but this is your smoke, and I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna let you have it. What 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 uh Funk Flex say? Call me Mr. Chimney. (laughs) Listen, you you laid out you laid it out pretty simple, you know, and I, I love it. I really do. But this is your smoke. Sure. You can have it. You can have it. I'm ready for it, man. Uh, so, you know, 
let's 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 keep it going. You know, as I uplift us, I just want to um, as I uplift the black man, I also want to just tell black women, I still love you. I love women in general. I love black women, and I wanted to say like I enjoy being in your business. <laughs> this was this was funny when you said this shit. And you know, as we talked about 90 Day Fiance, it's like it's not really a man show. Right, and a woman put me on to 90 Day Fiance. So, and you know, it's like, okay. And then also this, this stuff happening with, um, with Portia and you know, the-, the Oh, spicy. I was in their business. Like it was fun. Like I jumped in it for like a good day. I enjoyed being in their business. It was fun. I can't lie. The memes and the arguments and just the, you know, the women, I tell you, you guys are, you know, I don't know why women don't join the police force because they are great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't say fuck 12 is a black woman investigating me because she probably found it out. You know what oh, I'm saying? Listen, listen. Uh, you ever watched First 48? You seen that black woman detective from, she down in Memphis. No, I haven't. Louisville? I want to see Louisville. It's a Southern city, but listen, she's a, she's a detective and mm -hmm. she be, I ain't never seen her not solve a case. I just, yeah. So I enjoy being in that business. It was fun. Um, I don't want you guys, you know, I'm gonna jump back into back back to my business, which is like basketball, rap, and you know, nigga shit. So, you know, but you know, for that one day, it was it was lit. If this is what women business is like all the time, maybe I'll jump in once every quarter or something like that, just to see. But you wanna hear something funny? Did you see the picture of the dude that she fucking with? Yeah, she looks like the, the last nigga that she was fucking with. He looked a little less attractive, Pauls, no homo. Yes. And I and I was, it's crazy you talking about, I was listening to something today at work and someone was like, oh, that nigga got money. Like, he for sure got a bag. 40 mil, 40 mil. He's worth 40 million? 40 mil. Nigerian man. That's a nice. That's a nice piece of change right there. Change. And and it was kind of player of her. Do you see a picture of them all three together? Now this is where I was in women's business, and then it was like this is foul. So they, now this they say quote unquote that they were friends, but in the storyline they were friends. So how how does oh, that? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about she had her baby daddy. I'm talking about Portia. Oh yeah, she had both of them in the same spot. That's player. That's player. Smiling. Yeah, laughing. Cohabitating. Coexist. Not cohabitating. Coexisting. Excuse That's me. Player. That's player. That was very player. Well, yeah, man. It's like. Well, now that's the question, right? We talking about the. We talk about this all the time, right? Well, Jay Z said it, but we say it all the time. There ain't no ugly billionaire. Ugly millionaire. Ain't no such thing as an ugly. Ain't no such thing as an ugly millionaire, especially so, when you got forty. You got forty of them things. So now this is a situation. I was like, does love, does looks even matter if you, if you got brain? No, no, no. Listen, I think I said it before. It, it might have been when we was talking about like Kevin Samuels or some. Sh Kevin Samuels always coming up. He's he's hot top of it. But it was about like women asking what they were looking for, right? And when people were coming, women were coming on Kevin Sam's show, we said it before, they were asking for a man with a certain income, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but you realize the package that that nigga that you got with that certain ain't the package that you think in your head, right? And then I was like, 
I done seen ugly niggas with the baddest bitches. I done seen big women with handsome, tall, strapping men. And I'm like, at the end of the day, and I'm, I think I'm with, I want to do like a little bit more in depth on this shit. Like regular looking people and ugly people, they do just fine. Yeah. And then for man, especially if you got that bagging ton, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. <laughs> you feel me? You little, little meat, five foot six, balding, ugly, out of shape. You'll do fine. <laughs> like any negative physical characteristic you can put on a human. No, for women, you can say she ain't got no hair. She's out of shape. She got multiple kids. Then whatever you want to say, I've seen people cut out their sliver of happiness. Yeah. And the money helps, especially men. It just is it's an asset. And you know what? This will be my last point. I was listening back to the episode, trying to find a clip. And I was talking about women like beauty being uh, one of their powers. Like that's where they can get power from. Like, yo, your beauty. Oh, we were talking about, we about Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> yeah, we were. I was like, she ain't, that's an ugly bitch. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was it was some shit I was saying. I was like, money is power for women too. Yes, it is. I try. I think when I was speaking, I kind of made it sound like it's exclusive power can only money can only be powerful men. No, money is power for everybody. Whoever gets it, whoever gets it, and just like uh, attractiveness can be a power for a man. Now, men who are quote unquote attractive, they be doing nasty shit. Just like nasty, just like really kind of not really good looking women, but women will nastily use their looks and their bodies for shit. Like they be doing nasty shit, women. And niggas, the the, the handsome nigga, the, the muscle bound nigga, he be doing nasty shit on the internet every day. Bro, let me tell you something. I, I don't know, I don't know what part I was on the explore page. There's like there is a trend of niggas doing weird weird shit of like it's like three niggas walking in a in a in a in a in a house just like with their shirts off like doing random shit and like there's a camera following them and they're trying to like pull up like attract women like which one will you choose like that's weird that's weird and I saw like it's it's weird like like buff niggas that are like in shape, there are some of the nastiest niggas in the world of just how they're acting. <laughs> trying to get women. Listen, buff niggas be doing some wild, nasty shit on the internet. It was, it was an old video. Nigga was going through the grocery store doing some sh- I'm like, my nigga, you're a grown man filming himself in very, in situations where I'm like, my nigga, like, I don't know. It's just, it's nasty. Just like we'll see women get on the internet and just put their ass like, bitch, you're trying to show everybody your ass. Like, why are you trying to act like you're reaching for something in the cabinet? Or just like bitches fake cooking in the kitchen. Like, bitch, ain't nothing on the stove. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Corny shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, corny shit. But they just happen to be people that get a lot of eyeballs on them for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he got a lot of muscles. Oh, she she got her ass out. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, shout out, shout out to you liking um women's business though. I love it, man. You know, just here and there, you know, here and there. You got just like just like if you're a conservative, you got to see what the liberals are talking about. If you're a liberal, you got to see what the conservatives are talking about. You watch Fox News once or twice, you know. Yeah. Weeks, you know, just see what the temperatures like. I just got to see what the women are talking about, like, you know. 
Yeah, I, I, I do it. I do it too. But you know, it, it, my level, my threshold is real low. Like I'd be like, once a quarter. Say once a quarter. Yeah, my threshold, man. Look, once I once I realize what they're talking about, I'm be like, this is draining my my life energy. I, I can't I can't focus. Like literally, I don't have a long attention span. I just don't care after a while. But see now, 90 Day Fiance and the TLC channel, they done tapped into something in me that's like this might be catered towards women. But nigga, this shit is fire. Shit's fire. I mean, again, like I. You know, sometimes I watch TV with my, my fiance, so like I caught this show, uh, Married at First Sight, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. this season is very different in terms of the shenanigans that have happened on it, right? I really don't care, like for the most part, I let her watch it. I'd be on my phone. <laughs> there be this is one scene where there's this nigga that uh, his name is ironically, the guy's name is Chris, you know, slandering good black man, right? So this man, Chris has been putting this beautiful black queen, her name Paige, through the ringer all season. And they're, uh, and at the end of the season, they have to decide if they wanna stay married after their 90 days or whatever, or eight weeks, eight weeks. And- Wait, are you talking that, Are you talking about Love After Lockup or Married at First Sight? Married at First Sight. Okay, I ain't watched that yet. Okay, continue. So, like, I don't want to go in depth with, like, you know, all the fuck shit this nigga's been doing. You know, he's he's been playing all the all the toxic nigga uh, tool bag, right? He mm. started crying. He, he ran away crying. He did Oh, the, the nigga that's, he a crying? Oh, the nigga that could cry? Mm. That's, not, that's, a, that's a sick nigga. He's brought God in it. He's brought, you know, a baby. Oh, you know, so. He's a multi-tool player, that one. He's a multi-player. He is the definition of um, the worst type of nigga. But in the terms of, uh, you know, Toxic King future, he knew he can get his bitch back. Mm. And he but see, you know what? I'm, I'm scared of people that would go to any means to get something. You know, <laughs> whether it be a woman or a job or any, like, you, like niggas would be like, yo, they will compromise every part of themselves to get something. It's impressive on a level because I'm like, you just ain't got no cut cards, nigga. You ain't got no nothing that will stop you. You know, that's the most dangerous nigga. It's the, the Kobe Bryant of toxicity is the worst nigga in the world, bro. And woman. And woman. And woman. And I always use Kobe and I always use Mike too. It's just their determination to get things done. And mm. where they don't, you know, just Kobe and Mike were different. It's like everybody in the club, they go to the gym. Well, everybody, you know, that that the determination, you got to be scared of somebody that would have that level of determination to keep you in their life. Oh, matter of fact, it was a I was I was a video that I was trying to incorporate into the show at one point. It was just a woman outlining why toxic people are attractive, like why you people fall victim to toxic people. And that's exactly what it is. It's like they will do whatever it takes to keep you. Like they'll grab you. They'll, they're, they're in the beginning. They'll grab your attention. They'll shower you with love and affection, and did it. And I'm like, yeah, that's. But it's like they're so manipulative, right? Because they only, because in their mind, they only want what they want, and they will go to any lengths to get it. And it's very sick and nasty. You know what I'm saying? I got lines that I just won't cross, but it's 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 very um. 
You know what I'm saying? It's very interesting to watch. Just like I'm sure you see it on this show. Somebody nigga cry. You niggas, anybody that use God to try to manipulate somebody, I'm like, yeah. yo, you ain't got no fucking soul on the level. Like you ain't got no soul. Like you literally because people people have reverence for God and, and Jesus and what things bigger than them. For you to be like, oh God, I know God is telling me that you were supposed to be in my life. And that's all you gotta say. Just like um Derek Jackson. Yep. That's all he knew that all he has to do is tap into that word, that Christian, quote a couple Bible verses, and he's going to get a demographic that's never going to leave. Yep. Never. Because it's so instilled in them. They can't, it's like the, it's like the sheep, like in the Bible, they compare followers to sheep. It's like those sheep that will never break away from the, from the flock. Sick, sick, sick game. Well, speaking of manipulative people, the last couple of days we have been seeing is this the downfall of the Joe Budden network? Hey, podcast, podcast talk, podcast talk. Yeah, um, it's been the crumbling. We've watched the the crumbling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, um, I'm not a fan of Ish or Ice. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so when they came on, like, I thought that niggas was really just taking a break at the beginning when the shit first started, realized that it was more than that. So a month of time, Rory and Maul were gone. They came back. I was like, oh shit. Like niggas actually figured it out. You know what I'm saying? Like shit might be good again. They did two episodes like that. Then they took another break. Then Joe come back from the other break and they had a Patreon episode where he basically air all the shit out. He, he cussed niggas out, called niggas names. Fire niggas. Did he fire niggas on the first Patreon? Yeah, he fired niggas. He fired them. So, and we got all this shit bootleg. I didn't pay for Patreon. But um, then we see Roy and Maul respond. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a fan of the show. I, every Wednesday, that's, that was part of my routine, especially in my job, on my work day. That, that really helps me just get through the day. Them two hours of podcasting, that, that's what, like, that's probably the, uh, my afternoon podcast. In the morning, I listen to something. Then like, oh, I was like, oh, Joe Button, boom. Let me listen to that two hours. And I look up, only got two hours left to work. Boom. <clears throat> so it's definitely been part of my life for the past two years. But literally, the personalities, you know what I'm saying? Like, I started out thinking Maul was full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Feel like he was too cool. He never wanted to admit to any emotions that a lot of people have. But then I realized, okay, he may actually be this cool Harlem New York niggas is different. You feel me? Like yeah. New York never New York niggas never turn it off. Never. And then Rory, you know what I'm saying? He a white kappa. I didn't know how I felt about that. <laughs> I, I, I like Roy because he was like our age, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was our age. He liked a lot of the things that I like. He liked Cuddy. He liked he liked a lot of things that we like. He 30, just like us. Yeah. And then Joe Budden, Joe Budden was just like the volatile person. I'm like, nigga, I don't know where he's going to be from one second to the other. He'll turn up, start yelling. The nigga might cry. Nigga might, he, he, I look, and you know, I like, I like to talk. I like the women talk that they be getting into, especially them Hollywood women that bad. When they start talking about Hollywood hoes and shit like that, I'm like, I know this stuff is going on, but to hear firsthand stories about people that have dealt with these type of people. Yeah. Those stories are interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas love just like you talking about, you love to hear about uh, women, women business. I love hearing about that type of talk. Niggas fucking with bitches, bitches fucking with niggas. 
people falling out with each other. They gave that, and then music. I love music. You know what I'm saying? It's probably my top five favorite things, one of the top five favorite things I love. But at this point, it seems like over money, the podcast, and I guess it's because of the counting, you know what I'm saying? Counting and Joe Budden never said Joe Budden's trying to act like he's the boss and I don't gotta do nothing. I don't gotta tell you anything. But Rory and Maul are trying to say, nah, we helped build this shit and you weren't giving us the respect and you were coming at us with bullshit for years and we were just fed up now. I think that was a good recap. It was a very good recap. The only thing I would disagree with, I don't think it's all the way about money. Cause they said, well, so I'm gonna add a little piece to it. So the last, last couple of days, I think it was on Saturday. Rory Maul, uh, they were quote, quote unquote fired on say Tuesday or Wednesday. So on Saturday, they dropped their own little episode telling their side on, uh, I think it was Vimeo for $2. I paid, I give him the two, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, you know, as me being, I'm a little messy. I be messy Marvin sometimes. So I paid, I gave him the two. Nigga, um, you love mess. I do. And you know, that, and that's, that's, um, it's caveat, right? Because you love other people's mess, but you don't want people in your mess. Mm-hmm. Right. But they putting it out there, both yeah. equally. Roy yeah. and Maul, I, Roy and Maul putting it out there and Joe Budden is, He's capitalizing off everything. Of course, of course. So based off the conversation, what I got, it seems like start off with money. Like, yeah, can I see the accounting? But then it got deeper in terms of uh, the respect level and why if I ask you something, you go off on some, you go off on me. Or you, why you seem so sneaky in terms of certain things, which is like if we're friends and, and even like they're not even like bugging about things, you know, they just want to see the numbers because they had a quote unquote partnership agreement where you get a percentage of everything that comes in. That's basically what they said they had a partnership or whatever, and they're how the contract was saying. So like when they asked bro about you know something that if it wasn't such a big deal, if it wasn't like you know something alternative going in the background you wouldn't be going crazy on people. You want to be screaming on people. And it makes sense for me. It's just like, you know, and this is an overarching bigger conversation, like do friends and this is really mixed. But the thing about Joe Bunner is like, you're talking crazy to people that you call your friends, like you're yelling at them. You're telling people, I don't owe you respect. Like, like that's not the conversation. That's not the, the rhetoric I would want to hear for someone. Like I call you my friend, like, Terry, you know, we had a come, you know, we get into like, you know, actual money comes involved, you know. And uh if you ask me to look for something, if I'm not doing anything wrong, I shouldn't feel threatened to where I'm going to curse you out or call you or yell, you talk to you crazy, or tell you that you don't need you have anything to do about this podcast or whatever. So that's where, like for me, it was like it wasn't money, but there's a deeper issue there in terms mm-hmm. of like doing anything nasty. Why does it matter if I ask you about it? You know what I'm saying? Um, and now, and, and after that happened, Joe kind of backtracked again. He, he's been continuing to backtrack on the last couple of episodes, just listening. Yeah. To him. You know, he's he because talking. I'm gonna tell you some shit though. It's it's some shit that some people that call themselves friends they look down on people that they're around. They really think that they're better than people that they quote-unquote hang out with they and everyone's talking about the dude this whole time 
Joe Ben talking about I psychoanalyze my friend. Roy talking about I psychoanalyze my friend. You can hear shit in how people talk where you realize that they don't respect you on the level that you thought they did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's clear, and it's I don't know if it's clear, but it's clear that Joe Budden, because it's the Joe Budden podcast, and because he's more famous than Rory and Maul, and because they're the sidekicks, that he really understands, and because he owns the intellectual property, he's like, this is my show, I'm the famous one, I'm the one that's going to keep this shit going, and y'all are just deciding, and he, and he, and I can see him making it known to them that they're not on his level. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. And I've seen it. I've had friends like this where I'm like, they'll say something to me and I'm like, nigga, you don't fucking respect me. You think yeah. that I'm a lame or you think that I'm a loser or you don't really like me. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you did, you wouldn't have said that shit. Yeah. And once that shit is said, it's never the same. Right. Chris, I don't think I've ever had a dis. I don't think I've ever disrespect. I mean, we didn't had like arguments in the past, like when we were young. But I don't think I've ever disrespected you to where you feel like I don't respect you. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. We wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> so. Exactly. But I definitely believe that when whatever whatever Joe Budden said to them, or what, and then Joe Budden's coming at his like, I'm hurt that they would think these things of me. But, and they're like, my nigga, you don't respect us enough to give us real accounting. You don't respect us enough to, to hear our input or even fuck with, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever he did, you know what I'm saying? So that's, I think I've seen that in my life and I think that's what's happening. Yeah. So that was the, that was the, uh, between the, the boys, the guys, that was what happened. And then now recently, today is Monday, recording on a Monday, but Olivia Dope. She's a really cool DJ out of New York, and she was mm -hmm. part. She was part of the new, uh, Joe Budden podcast on the See the Thing Is podcast. She was on there for about like thirteen or fourteen episodes. But she and then she uh, left the podcast, and this was about three months ago, actually three three four months ago. She came out today, you know, and say you know the reason why she left, and it, it dealt with feeling sexual harassment from mm -hmm. Joe Budden. In one of their episodes and it's, it looks nasty you know if you put you know she has to <sighs> not as nasty as it could be but on a one to ten how nasty do you think it was scale of one to ten uh it's about eight to me like i was gonna say it's it's like a six seven and i'm upping it because i was gonna just say five but when when you break it that high it makes me think about the things that women go through in the workplace and how men can make women uncomfortable. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I move, I've tried my, listen, I have not been the most respected women in my, in, in my early life. My adolescence in my early, my early late teens, early twenties, I wasn't respectful of women. And I saw that I was not the man that I wanted to be. So I had to make a change. Yeah. And I made and, and and I feel like I've grown as a man and, and I respect women so much that I wouldn't there's a lot of things that I would never say to a woman, yeah. would never do to a woman. And um, but I wasn't always this person. See what I'm saying? I wasn't always this person. But you're not 40. This nigga's 40. Thank you. That's I was I think 20, 24, 23, 23. Yeah. I I I came to I had an epiphany about my nigga. These are beings with feelings, emotions, and 
And I'm fine with leaving the woman the fuck alone, no matter what my desire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was nasty. His questions were nasty. But I'm a man, so I know that he was trying to flirt, but he was flirting. Flirt is like when flirting goes wrong. That's what it was. When flirting goes wrong. And when it goes wrong, it gets to an eight level of nasty. Okay. Um, I just don't like if you got this your you got a network and you are launching your first. Of course, it, it the brilliant idea is like you launch a podcast, you have a guy podcast, you need a female podcast, and you launch a women, all female podcast, all women podcast, and one of them leaves because they felt sexually harassed by you. That's like super nasty. Like it just like the it just doesn't make sense to me, like how you if you're the boss, quote unquote, you call yourself a boss, you could this is your network. I guess where is the line? I don't even think he was flirting. I maybe he could be flirting, or maybe it just like he he's certain he's used to talking to us, you know, women a certain way. He's just trying to like, you know, stir the pot, create conversation, you know, be the centric guy that he is on his podcast, on their podcast, but you don't know your audience, so you don't know the people that you're working with. And as a CEO, I don't know, like you just you can't bro. talk to people like certain ways, like especially women. bro. I would never. 2020, have a 2020. sexual conversation at work. <laughs> yeah. I will never, like, I've been in positions where there have been women that have say sexual things, and I'm always the, like, bro, I, I know how to be professional. And I think to the utmost in every professional space where you're making money or you're working together, employee, boss, you got to be professional to a fault. You got to be so professional where somebody might have to tell you like, yo, you can actually like, you don't got to be that professional right now. But I think that's just the safest way to be, especially you said it. He's a boss, a CEO, an owner of a network. I would think that you would be on your fucking P's and Q's around women, especially, bro, me too, just happened, my nigga. Yep. Bro, niggas that don't get no pass. And you saw the video that I saw. She was she was breaking it down like how I was laughing uncomfortably here. I tried to tell him to stop here. I was playing along here. And, and especially when you're in a room full of people, it's not, you're not just, you're not just going to pop off. Everyone try to say what they would do. If you're in a room full of people, production crew, you're being recorded live. You're not going to be like, my nigga, that's shut the fuck up. That's nasty. And they got you're not going to do that. You're not. Yeah. Especially, especially the woman. Yeah. And your boss, like I'm saying, so, it's just uh, it's nasty that you know you have an all girl podcast and you can't even make them feel comfortable, you know, in the work. But see, from this situation, I really want to hear what Bridget and uh, Mandy gotta say about this. Yeah, that's the that's the next. That's the next. That's the next. Yeah, yeah. You know, their their podcast drops on Tuesdays like ours. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe they'll have something that drop. Maybe they'll say something, but you know, I doubt it. You know. In the, in this in this uh, industry, people the best way of getting around something just not say something. But niggas, they're they're niggas it because it's too it's too much uh, clickable gold. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. fuck fuck whatever you want to say about what Joe Budden podcast is going through. I bet you their views have been higher because of all of this yeah. shit. And I'm gonna lie, like I I used to listen to that podcast, like see the thing is podcast, but specifically for Olivia Dope. Like I came there originally because I knew Bridget and Mandy. 
Uh-huh. And, but, I really dislike man. I don't dislike Mandy. I dislike Mandy's personality. Yeah. I mean, I knew of him, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna give him a chance. And I stayed for Olivia. You know, it was a you she know, and I'm saying I've listened to the podcast a, a few times and she always seemed to be the insightful one, the one who had like clear not not that Bridget didn't. Mandy never to me. Yeah, she's a weak she's way. just not my favorite. But um she had clear thoughts. She was very pro-woman, very pro. I liked her perspective and she articulated things well to me. She was a DJ. She had the, the music on. Oh yeah, bro. And she would drop, she would have them drops perfectly. Like she was really good. And ever since then, like I, them two was balancing out the Mandy for me. But now that there's not two people to balance out Mandy, I can't listen yeah. to the podcast. I haven't listened to him in a while to be honest either, so. Like, and it's like, I, I don't want to. I, I I feel compelled to shit on Mandy. Like I don't like her. Not that I don't like her. No, let's, let's be here. The personality is not yeah. one that I want to listen to for multiple hours. I'll say that. And this is a conversation. Like I tweeted this yesterday. Like podcasts are such an amazing thing, right? Because we don't know these people at all. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have a sense of who they are mm-hmm. as a person, as an individual, because we listen to. And, you know, once a week for five, six years or whatever. And I hopefully, you know, people that have been listening to us for a while, they can feel that they know us too, that if something happens yeah. with us, they can be like, damn, that was my nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was a cool nigga. Like, you've never met me in my life. It's amazing how, one, the, the, the ability to have someone sit down and listen to you is a skill. Mm-hmm. Yes. Podcasting, you know, being a politician or whatever. And for somebody to be a long-term listener to you and feel like it's an amazing Especially when you do this type of format that we do. Like, we're not doing historical shit. We're not telling stories. We're telling our life. Like, we talk about topics and then we we talk about scenarios. But really, we get, I give a lot to this. Like, the only reason why this works is because I give what I give. You know what I'm saying? And just for reference, I ain't even gave... I ain't even gave 20% of my life on this shit. And we've been doing this for four years. You know what I'm saying? Going on four years. So it's like, I understand why people feel that way. Because especially when the format that Joe Budden does, it's like, they're they're just talking about, they're just talking. And that's basically what we're doing. We just talk. You know what I'm saying? We don't have like, okay, I'm going to investigate and do the research on this and present it to you. And I love those podcasts too, because I feel like I'm learning something. But on this type of shit, this is pure entertainment, pure comedy, you know what I'm saying? Like, topical shit, you know? Yeah, man. Podcast drama, boy. Gotta love it. Uh, and it's like, and you know, I, I was like, obviously I'm tapped in because I'm, I was already a listener. I've been to a Joe Budden Lodge. Like, I've like, I, I seen, I've seen, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I followed it, I've watched it. So it's like, I am one of those listeners that have been listening for years. And it's like, for the see this shit, how this shit unfolded, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I feel like the question that we kind of talked about before we started recording, can you really get rich with your friends and stay rich? Because think about this, though. Joe Budden Podcast, Rockefeller Records. Think about any Black record label executive. Uh, Young Money, Cash Money. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of... My man, internet down. Mm-hmm.
Oh. You there, boy? See, man, and uh, well, I think I could piggyback off what he was saying. Uh, yeah, any, any, if you look at history, especially with black people, man, dealing, dealing with you know people that came up together through the mud, and they became and their friends and whatnot. It looks like that you know. There's just tough, there's tough endings to it, you know? Do friends and money really mix, you know? Uh, that's a really great question that I think we still haven't found the right balance for. Oh, I guess he came back, he's, uh, he's off, but I'm gonna just keep talking right now. So it seems like it's just a really, a really weird mix and a really interesting uh, boundary or balance that we haven't really quite finished, uh, well, quite found out in the, you know, the black community, man. Like, let's uh, see, he's jumping on right now. Let's see here. You good? That shit just cut off. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was trying to feel, you know, keep going where you were going. You know, he was talking about, you know, a lot of the black industry, you know, our black, you know, uh, staples, you know, things of people that have created billion, uh, millions of dollars in companies like that. You know, with people that got out the, got out to the mud, and were friends and whatnot. But you see that a lot of them in, in fire, People don't even associate anymore. You know, something that, you know, it took 10, 15 years to build is, you know, done in a yeah. year and a year or whatever. So it is a great, you know, case study. Bro, even, even deep, you talk about, look at groups, bands in general. Yeah. The Five Heartbeats, <laughs> The Temptations, B2K. Like, there's no group to say, unless it's like a group from the 70s or some shit. The motherfuckers break up. Earth, Wind, and Fire is still together. Isley Brothers still together. But it's like, once yeah. what, like, groups break up. Like, it's really hard for groups to be together forever. Like, and we saw, let's use the Five Heartbeats, for example. Ego, the Five yeah. Heartbeats. It's, 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 a, it's a story that's true to life because somebody starts to feel themselves. Somebody gets a little, starts to do things. They move in, that the other people in the group don't like how they're moving. And it's and you think that oh we are getting so much money we need to be able to reconcile this shit, but the money won't keep it together. And the money brings out what you're already feeling anyways. Exactly, bro. And you scapegoat. It's an easy scapegoat, even though it's a deeper issue. Yeah, and you turn into fucking Eddie Kang Jr. And you like nigga, I'm nigga. You want my spot flash? And then they like nigga Eddie. Get too high, nigga. We can't fuck with you, and then you like, nigga, I ain't got no problem, nigga, and you got a problem. So, as we talk about, this is why, um, why we the the locks deserve the flowers that they did. Yes, I just thought about the tough man, the locks, like they've been a group for 20, 30 plus years. The people that stay together, the the groups that stay together, and the the entities that stay together, especially like close knit family or group, like you'm saying, like musician groups and shit like that, they deserve all the flowers. And I bet you know, I learned this shit today. So on J. Cole's album that just dropped, which we should kind of talk about for a little bit, which is good. Um, I didn't know that they that one of the hooks is a is a Styles P hook. For hmm. um I'ma play it right now for you. I learned it. I was um I said something today about my life, and then my coworker, yeah, the My Life joint with him at 21, the hook. That's my favorite song off that joint. That's hook is a Styles P hook. And my coworker was like, you know that? She's like, that's Styles P. I was like, nah, that's J. Cole. I said, you been listening to the new J. Cole? She said, nah, that's Styles P. I said, 
what? I said, that's on the new J. Cole album. She said, nah. And she said it again. I was like, that's the hook to J. Cole's new song. I'm play it. That is that is a whole hook that's from Styles P. That's impressive. You know, the world is so small, brother. Bro, so, and it's crazy because I was talking about, I was like, I was on some deep shit today. I was like, man, I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. I'm not going to live it like on no template like these other people live it out because it's my life. I'm going to be happy. And she was like, it's my life. No, I was like, oh, shit, you listen to the new Cole? She was like, no. I was like, well, that's the hook on the Cole album. She was like, nah, that's Styles P. And I was like, you know what? Ain't nothing new under the sun, goddamn. You no. Know, shout out to the album is fantastic, you know, second, second plus listen. But yeah, my life is that's my standout song. You know, Moray killed that that hook. Yeah. We gonna out, you know, one day we're gonna have this conversation. They're two for two right now, 21 call. I wonder if there's something deeper than that. Like, are they gonna be like the new, you know, kiss and Jay or Kiss and Jada Kiss, you know, just uh or styles and Jada Kiss, just how they they met they mesh so well on tracks. Or I'd, I'd like to see a full project with them. Maybe that's a better thing to say. I, I wouldn't turn it down, man. 21 is uh, He's the most an artist that I definitely, I wasn't early on, but now I fuck with for sure. And J. Cole, like. He's Julius Randle. Who? 21, most improved player, man. He was improved before Julius I understand, I understand, yes, definitely most improved. Like, he's, he's a player that like every year of his career did better. He's not a nigga that he hasn't, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think he has plateaued, you know, 21 Savage for sure. And um, the Moray dude, I didn't realize who that was until probably today, really. I was like, I just knew the hook, but I was like, the Moray, all that's to do was like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh shit, it's that thing. <laughs> but he's from Fayetteville too. Okay, see, there you go. So that's the, and look, he already got a feature on Jake, a J. Cole feature. He ain't even been out a year. Yeah, and you know, I appreciate Cole coming back and tapping in with his specific city. He does it with North Carolina all the time, the Carolinas, but like now there's somebody from Fayetteville that actually got a little buzz. He came back and got him. So that's dope. That's dope. There you go, man. I love it. Um album is good. I've enjoyed it. Um Amari is my is my joint I keep going back to the Amari joint second track. And then a hundred mil. Today has been a hundred mil. I was just I listened to hundred mil like three times today. Mm. Yeah. What else are you gonna talk about? Women's business, men being the prize, mask off. Uh, I mean, you know, the states are opening up and opening her up. You know, uh, North Carolina, they said the mask mandate is gone. You know, if you're quote unquote vaccinated, uh, next week I'll talk about you know if niggas is really gonna tell people they're vaccinated or not because that's gonna be a weird situation. Uh, but you know, I, I will say I'm not vaccinated right now. But I went to the gym and I just took my mask off. It felt so much better to <laughs> cardio. You sound like a woman when she get off from work and take her bra. Took that mask off. I said, fuck it. I'm about to if I'm about to die from cardio, uh I did I did the um I did a uh what's it called? A bike class today. So it is intense. Ooh. I love it. See, and I'm seeing the business through having Apple Fitness. 
I've seen how having like a, a, tr a fitness leader or like a, a exercise leader, how that shit can help you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's that motivation, bro. That she was going ham. Like she was like a, a, a I don't want to say like a demon, but like she was like, let's go, let's go. And, and that shit like, get you hype, man. A good, a good, a good fitness instructor is 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 is, is priceless. You know what I'm saying? And I could definitely see how a, a good um, personal trainer is priceless. I'm. I would see probably amazing results, but um, I kind of see, even though Virginia hasn't started it, obviously they're going to follow the nation when, once this starts happening. Um, Saturday shit, like the weather getting warm and outside, like I live close to a pretty main strip in Richmond and it's fully jumping. You know what I'm saying? Obviously shit is still shutting down early, but all that's doing is making people be outside earlier. They're starting. They're starting at two, four o'clock, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, okay, we're gonna do the day shit and just transit into the night. And then the night is over at 11 or 11 or 12 o'clock. To be honest, I like that. Listen, as an old nigga, as a nigga that ain't trying to be out till one and two in the morning, you know, it, it only if there was um, a proper venue, you know what I'm saying? Like the venues out here haven't quite caught up to the capacity of yeah. the. The, the the population of people that are searching for nightlife shit but um yeah for sure it's it's listen the summer is gonna summer well, bro i've told you i told the listeners months ago people was telling me this outside about to be crazy this year i'm just telling you i said it i just i just don't want i just don't want the deaths to go up like i like i, I agree i agree but i agree i'm not gonna say but it's like Niggas is going to listen because niggas going to be outside. Egos is going to fly. People going to feel disrespected. Niggas going to have that thing on them. And you already know. I already know how to go around this side of town. Like, niggas is about to not know how to act, you know. And for whatever reason, they don't know how to act. You could just smell it in the air. Just like when the, when the weather warm up, you know, the murder rate go up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I don't have too much, you know. Next week, I want to talk about, you know, I want to have more, a little bit more evidence, but I do suspect there are some women out here that are getting BBLs and, you know, uh, mm. and stuff like that, go dark off the internet and then come back and become fitness gurus. I need to do more evidence and do more, you know, uh, research, but I'm on to you. I'm on to y'all. That's nasty. Bro, That's I hate a fraud. I hate a fraud. Like, People, people have talked shout out to Joe Budden podcast. They've even said it before, like, yo, how are you going to go get your body done and come back and act like fitness is your new thing? Fitness didn't get you that body. It's nasty. It's, na it's a nasty game. It's like, bro, like, live your truth. But, like, it's it's like almost they got to, they got, obviously, you need to work out to maintain that shit. Obviously, you could just get work done and then fall all apart. But it's like, it's the lie. The lie it's, is it's like you're selling, you're selling like fitness products. Like you're selling waist trainers and you're taking like, you do your little squats in the gym. And I, like you said, I know you need to keep it tight, but like, it's the waist trainers for me. You're selling waist <laughs> trainers. <laughs> it's the waist trainers for me. Like Listen. that's nasty. That's nasty because you the didn't get more I know, eating chicken and broccoli three three nights, four nights out the week and doing weight training. You didn't do that the right way. You sat on a table. That's sacrifice. Yeah. 
you didn't sacrifice nothing but your, the money that you made being a bottle bottle girl. Um, but uh, what was I about to say? Um, so I need to do, I need to do more research, and I'll come back to y'all next week. I can't remember what I was about to say. Oh yeah, once the more that I know, the more sick I realize the world is. Like when I found out that flat tummy tea and all that that shit just make you shit. <laughs> like if bro, I didn't know what this shit was. I thought it was some tea that they were drinking that helped that helped their metabolism or something. I didn't know that you drink the shit and it make you shit. That's why it's the detox. And I'm not against a good detox. You know what I'm saying? I'm not against it. I understand the theory of it. But they don't say in their ad, hey, clear out your schedule. You're going to be shitting for the next 12 hours. It's the more that I learn, the more scared I become. And I don't want to live in fear. But it's so scary. It's scary. I'm scared. I empathize for women. You gotta drink shit, shit tea to look good. That's what they're selling to them. Like you gotta drink shit tea to drink shit tea to look like me. But no, I went to Columbia and went to Doctor Miami, and he sucked the fat out of my my uh, stomach and put it in my thigh and my hip dips. And listen, I'm only one man. I'm only one man. I only got one brain. I only got one life. And I want to live my life as authentically as possible. That's why I need to move to the bush. I'm going to live. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, half of my year is going to be in the wilderness. And then my other half is going to be in suburbia slash city. I'm going to try to transition into that. Okay. Okay. Because I'm going to, because just like everyone, oh, I'm going to take a, a social media break. I'm going to need a break from everything. Niggas, why do niggas tell you that they're about to take a break before they just do it? Because they need the clout. They they want the acknowledgement, like, oh, I was off. I don't know, man. It's supposed to make, man. I don't know. I you know what I realized though? There were there were times where I feel like I want to post, but I won't have nothing to post, right? <laughs> so like I'll like literally go through my phone, like, damn, is there anything I could post? <laughs> like, and then like I'll find something that's maybe close to post. And I'm like, I could I could post this, and I'll be like, why the fuck am I looking for something to post? I don't got nothing to post. Why do you? Why do you think women and men be at home, but they post in vacation pictures? Like they mm-hmm. have, but they at home. We to- Shout to Drake. Shout to Drake for better for worse. He he had that line. He said, "I know." He said, "I know a joke that they they got a picture, and she's like, I'm gonna post this joke, post this this Paris picture later, because." You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, humans are very predictable, but also very irrational. Yeah, man. So I love, I love us and I hate. Us. I hate, I love us and I hate us. Before we close out, uh, it's time for my bedtime. You know, young old. Hell man. yeah, it's getting late, uh, nigga. Old. I want to just you know give prayers to both the Palestinian and Israel, you know, conflict, you know, the babies that's going on. I'm not too well versed in it. I don't want to be, you know, it looks like the Israeli, Israel, Israel's doing some nasty shit. You know, they're being the aggressor or whatnot, but everybody's saying everybody's the aggressor. I'm not too well versed in it. I just want to just, you know, there's babies involved, there's lives involved. And um, 
no one deserves to be out here, you know, fearing for their lives before, you know, some fuck shit. So where's everybody? It's crazy. They're fighting over the Holy Land. But how many horrible things have been done in the name of God? In the name of God. How many lives have been taken? Uh, bombs dropped. You know, it's 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 prayers to prayers to uh palestine and it seems like this land that you know saying like the whole last two thousand years have been basically ran off you know what i'm saying like jesus the, the, they started time because of the so quote-unquote savior and you know like the, the but it means something to jewish people it means something to christian people it means something to muslim people and it seems like they're just disregarding the teachings to just fight and kill. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I saw, I did see a small uh, little, small little segment on PBS news. It's basically, it was about, there's a community that's part of, I guess the Palestinians have been living there for generations and years. Mm -hmm. And the Israel, the people from Israel, I guess they, they've laid claim to land. They're literally like, we're going to forcibly remove you people from this area right now. Mm -hmm. And the people were like, we're not going to go. And there was a clip and they're like, they're going to have to kill us for us to leave. The, the man was like, yo, this is our home. This has been our home. And it's basically just that holy land they're fighting over. And there was a, a Jewish man standing in this, this woman's yard. And she, he was like, she was like, you are literally stealing my home from me. And he literally, the only thing he had to say back was, well, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. He was trying to lay claim, just like white people like try to lay claim to land that didn't belong to them in America. Like, oh, this is my land and just going to kick people. That's, that was what was going on in the segment on the news. I don't know if that's what's manifesting, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of what's manifesting right now with all this trouble. That's nasty. So it's like, he's like, you can't just, this is my family home and you're coming here standing in the yard trying to say, well, because like literally if I squat, like squatters rights, if yeah. I squat here, this becomes my land. Well, that makes even more sense because, you know, um, I'm starting to regret, you know, what I did, who I voted for. But this nigga Biden sent over like $500 million worth of weapons over to the Israeli government, right? We still ain't getting no reparations. We still ain't getting no benefits for all the No student loan forgiveness. Yeah, but he, so it's like, it's nasty, bro. And it's like, all right, like, we, as a community, Especially the niggas that voted for Biden, we we hated Trump or whatever. We told him we have to keep this nigga accountable. It's time for us to keep this nigga accountable. Hold him accountable. Look, we niggas said niggas it on the shit. Crazy, He's shitting on us, bro. Like everybody else, even the Israelis, the Israeli government who got nothing to do with us, got nothing to do with this country. They fighting their own war. Got five hundred million dollars to help them fight their own war. We still can't even get no money for you know, getting killed in the streets by the police or, you know, but they, but they, but they, but they're actively, you know, got Spike Lee doing vaccination commercials and shit like bro, that. Oh, that shit was sick, bro. I seen that shit. I was like, they really pushing this shit, like, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And listen, I'm getting, I, I went home for Mother's Day. I got pressure. Like, real live pressure yeah. from my aunts. You just need to do it. It's not for you. Go ahead. And, and I'm like, I literally was, I said to him, I was like, yo, it's just not on my spirit to get it right now. Like, I was like, I just don't feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't feel it. He's just like, well, you just don't do it for you. Do it for you. You know? And I was like, 
you know what? I can't argue, and I'm not gonna argue with them. You know, I I respect my I respect those I respect those ladies, but it's just like I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, it's, I, it's the I, answer, bro. That's the answer. I don't know. It's there's a lot like it's, and the only reason that I think is the answer is just because you're just seeing what the fuck is going on. You have no answers for it. This shit is nasty. At the end of the day, like you're just like yo. Let's say your third eye is open, but you're just starting to question more things like we did, we didn't do like two years ago or a year ago. You know what I'm saying? You're starting to see it's nasty. And it's like I said, the more I know, the more. Listen, if I if I lived in the bush, I wouldn't have to worry about coming in contact with you motherfuckers with the coronavirus. I lived in the Alaskan tundra. I lived in Atlanta and Houston and Florida. I've been living a fucking life for the whole year without having a vaccination. It's like then I don't want people, like, if you don't have it, then they're going to, like, slander you. Like, I saw people were like, I keep my mask on even though I'm vaccinated because I don't want to look like a Republican. What are you talking about? Don't okay. worry about niggas thinking about you, son. Like, oh, they're not worried about you. Eat your fucking food. Oh. Like, it's just- I, I've seen people more, like, now I go to the stores, and I see more and more, more and more people just walking around without the mask on. And Today I was walking into the store and I was like, damn, it's been a minute since like I had, I could just walk into a store without having to like, oh shit, let me put my mask on or, or just waiting for somebody to say something to me. You know what I'm saying? Or it's like, damn, I, I've literally not been able to run an errand because I'm like, fuck, I don't have any mask in the car mm-hmm. on me at all. And it's, and I'm like, it's upsetting, you know, it's upsetting, but I, I want to be safe. I want to, I want to do the right thing, but it's like, what is the right thing? The right thing is whatever's right for you, brother. Okay, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask and you know, wear your mask, but don't let nobody out here shame you for however you fucking feel. They want to, you know what I'm saying? Get away from you. And it's it's hard, it's it's and it's easy to say these things like to random people when you niggas on the internet. And it's hard to have these conversations with like family, right? Because you yeah, it was it was that was tough. I was like these these is questions like when you come home for Thanksgiving and they're like yeah, so where she at? Why don't, <laughs> why don't you have a girlfriend? Or when you get married? Or when you having kids? Or how school? Remember when you come home from college and they'd be like yeah, so how is the semester going? And you'd be like I don't yeah. want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I have I've, I've been pressured too, brother. It was been rough conversations that we've been having you know what i'm saying she's like oh you oh you millennials don't want to do nothing i'm like it's not that it's just like have you been looking at the news like or just or just going outside and reading the temperature like because i watch the news occasionally for just context about like what the narratives being spun right but when i go outside my door and i go to the grocery store or i go to lowe's or i go wherever you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I'm not in the hospitals. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 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 and I, but I live right next to MCV, right? I live right next to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you're telling me to be safe, socially distance, wear a mask. If I'm sick, yeah. don't come to work. I'm not going to do that because this shit is real. If you, if I don't feel good, I'm not going to go to work. If I, if I don't feel good, I'm not going to travel. I'm going to get my groceries delivered or picked up. Or I'm, I'm going to do that. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Final, final word. The answer is like I'm just gonna give it like a year and just see what happens. That's all. I'm, I'm trying to summer, man. I'm trying to. I want to be by a pool.
pool. I want to be by a body of water. I want to be in warm weather. I want to be in a new place I've never been before and, and explore, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, at, at some point, they're going to start making shit mandatory. And it's like, well, shit, I don't know. I don't know, bro. It's just a weird time. And it's not even like I'm an anti-vaxxer. It's just like, I just need more information. I just don't feel it. Like you said, I don't feel it in my spirit. I really don't. Like, it's... I don't. And I'm not scared of the shot. It's just, I don't want it. <laughs> like, I, I, like, at this point, I just don't want it. I don't. And I'm glad that you're not shaming niggas. Like, they be, people be out here trying to shame people because if you don't get it, you're like, oh, you're anti-vaxxer. Like, don't shame people because this is not nice. Man, this is not nice. Be nice, man. Be nice. And um, everybody stay safe. You know, wash your hands. Uh, which, and I think, and I and I love that people are more aware of their hygiene and their cleanliness as a whole because of the pandemic. I wash, shout out to the Apple Watch. I wash my hands for 20 seconds without having the watch on now. I just count them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wash my hands more times in a day than even though I did before. I wipe shit down before I use it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I... And I and I haven't been sick in over a year. I haven't got, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I hope that everyone else has been healthy because just maybe little cleaner things that you've been doing. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, people won't be as nasty anymore. Shout out to that. Shit. 2020 is about to be interesting. You know, we're almost halfway through the year, bro. Yes, I do, because my birthday is next month. Yeah. It's, 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 blank is going to be 2022, bro. Uh, 2022 shit i'm ready 25th like i had never mind but yeah probably 2022 but um so let's wrap this up man uh i just want to say thank you guys for tuning in for another week of model talks it's a safe place for keeping the player we keep it kosher every time all the time you can follow us on you know our socials remember subscribe rate review Fuck with our YouTube, comment on a YouTube, look at the clips, look at the whole video. You know what I'm saying? Uh, share share our shit. And remember, on a path to player them, there are three rules to success. Stay true to yourself, stay true to the code, and stay dangerous. I want to say thank you again yeah. for listening to another episode of Model Talk, man. We'll see you next week, baby. Peace. Rich niggas, black bar mitzvahs, motor talk is a celebration, bitches. Nahaim, I wish for you a hundred years of success, but it's my time. Cheers, toast to crime, number one D-boy, shame you can rhyme. The rock boys in the building tonight, oh what a feeling I'm feeling like. You don't even gotta bring your paper out, we the dope boys of the year, drinks is on the house. The rock boys in the building tonight, look at how I'm chilling, I'm killing this Hey. You don't even gotta bring your purses out We the dope boys of the year Drinks is on the house